to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Peaches. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. And I'm impressed that we managed to do that. Nice work, boys. It only took a month and a half or so. I liked it when Zach called us the Great Tea Podcast. Hey. The Great, the great Tea. <laughs> They're like, you had one job. <laughs> no, he was giving us a compliment. All right. So Zar got his time in the spotlight last week to talk about a game he's been looking forward to and he's been enjoying quite a bit. This week, Zach and myself are going to have the same opportunity. Zach, what are we doing today? We're going to review Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut on PS5. Dude, I just beat it two days ago. And I have not been able to stop thinking about this game. It's incredible. It's a masterpiece. It is really damn good. And so I'm excited to get a chance to review it so quickly after I uh, started it. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to get into it, JP. So uh, when you are, let's roll, butthole. (laughs) (laughs) He rhymed rhymed the insult. (laughs) Oh man, I hate it when he rhymes. All right. Now, before we begin, now, technically, Peaches has played this, too. So, Zar, really, you're the odd one out here. (laughs) But I will not be reviewing it because it is not fresh in my mind. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. What's a PlayStation? I don't know. Ask the sales chart. Oh, (laughs) low blow. (laughs) (laughs) Just because Xbox hasn't done shit in, like, a year and a half, two years doesn't mean that they're a bad company. <laughs> hey, man, all of these acquisitions with the companies are about to pay off. Like, we're going to be eating our words here pretty soon. They better be. Any minute <laughs> yeah, now. The exclusives are coming. I don't feel super great about uh, Microsoft ever since all the Bill Gates stuff has been coming out. Like, Melinda Gates is just bombing Bill Gates right now. Oh, Melinda. Melinda hit me up. What? (laughs) I'll give you what Bill couldn't, Melinda. An Apple phone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, Zach, it is time to get going with our review. Now, with every other game review we do on this podcast, we've got a nice little outline here where we're going to talk about why we were interested in the game, the graphics, the characters, story, gameplay slash game mechanics, give the game some final thoughts, and then a quick score. So, Zach, I already know the answer, but tell our audience and our friends here, why were you interested in this game? Uh, You get to be a samurai, and I fucking love samurais. They're so cool, right? Right. And, you know, I think Sucker Punch apparently got yelled at for not being totally accurate for what a normal samurai would be like. Apparently, samurai is supposed to use bows. Thank fucking God they weren't totally accurate with that. All right. That's all I got to say about that. 
JP, so that's why I was interested in it. Why were you interested in it? Honestly, for a lot of the same reasons, um, like just from like growing up with you, I know that you have like an inherent interest in Samurais and it is fucking cool. But for me, I don't know, like AAA games just get so stale to me over time. But I just felt like after seeing the trailers, they were doing something really special with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, more so, one, about like how the game looked was incredible, but two, it looked like it had a great story, I loved the setting. I don't know, this was an opportunity, in my opinion, to try and get like a new kind of ex gaming experience that I wouldn't normally try and get. And of course, open world samurai game. Who can say no to that? Yeah, and so that's why we were interested in it and so we can go into arguably the strongest point of this game jp and i don't think we need to um deliberate too much on this one this is one of the best looking games of all time yes it um, really fucking is i like i don't even have like a witty comment or anything like it really is ghost of tsushima literally is probably the best looking game i've ever played yeah. hands down um, it looks wow. like it's, it's it's about so much more though like obviously ghosts of tsushima where it really shines my favorite part of ghosts of tsushima isn't when i'm necessarily battling it's when i'm traveling right where you're, when you're on horseback and it's sunset and you're traveling through the field or through the woods or like flowers and you just stop and you admire how unbelievably good looking this game is. Zach, did you do that too? And it doesn't wear off. Like that's the no. funny thing. Like there's just always something new in this world to like catch your eye. And I thought that was the cool part. Like, you know, like sometimes it's a novelty and with this game, it most certainly isn't. They put so much detail in the art style of this game. And constantly I was just awestruck when I was like, am I really playing a game right now? Like this, it feels like I'm in feudal Japan, checking out these beautiful flowers. Um, and I think that goes kind of into the um, game mechanics is they did a really good job of making the UI as small as possible. And the, the, you're not like with Breath of the Wild and it, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different way of doing it. How often uh -huh. did you fucking open the map in Breath of the Wild? Oh, like every five seconds. It's like. It's like when you open your phone to check the clock, you like look at your phone and then you're like, I totally forgot to check the clock. Yes. That's how I feel about opening the map. You're just like, wait, what was I, I doing? I remember nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, and with this game, they have like the guiding wind mechanic. And so you basically like you in a place that you want to go. So when you're dumb like me and you forget right away, you just click the wind and the wind tells you where to go and uh, go into the story of why that works so well. Uh, but it just made it so you could just sit and appreciate the beauty at times because this is just a gorgeous game that doesn't stop being gorgeous. It's not a novelty. It is the game. The world is the game. And I got to say, when it comes to graphics and art style, too, they already did a fantastic job with the world, but the character models look really, really damn good, too. I don't know, like. Not that I thought they were going to look bad, but I was almost so surprised at how they look. Besides, like, the landscapes, one of my other favorite parts about the art style and the graphics was uh, Jin. The main character's name is Jin, who we'll get into here in a minute, was uh, all of his different outfits. 
all of his different outfits and the different kinds of armor set you could get, they were all designed so incredibly well. The weapons designed so incredibly well. Like, I have never seen a game when you step in mud and your footprint like lines out perfectly and doesn't like go away instantly. So much detail is put into like these elements that most game developers like do a good job of, but leave it at a good job, I guess. Does that make sense? Which, yeah. So, so basically we can keep going, but it sounds like we want to get into more of the characters. Um, and so 10 out of 10 masterpiece as far as graphics go. Do we agree? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Cause my question was going to be is, did you notice any frame rate drops, any awkward uh, parts to any visuals, any clipping? So that's a good question, actually. What's cool about this game, which I did notice, is there were two times. Now, given take in mind, I am at a currently about a 62 hour playthrough. There were two times in the game where I kind of broke it through like clipping or something weird happened. But what's cool is after like five seconds of you doing something weird, the game catches it and just restarts you in a spot that's like right next to where you started clipping. Huh, that's neat. Uh, yeah, I had zero issues. I do know that while I was streaming it, some people like said that if you play Ghost of Tsushima on a PS4, you do have those issues, um, which I mean, makes sense. Like it's hard to design a game for uh, PS4, PS4 Pro, and then now PS5. So. Um, right. This game is heavily optimized for PS5. I played it in the high resolution mode um, because I wanted to use my new fancy monitor. And so and yeah. I'm sure it paid off. I'm sure you're like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Pretty sure I have retina damage after this game, <laughs> but it was worth it. Gamer blindness. <laughs> I would say that is why um, I, I have to give it 10 out of 10. I played on PS5 and it was I'd, dude, I'm in the same boat. 10 out of 10. I genuinely mean it. I don't think I've ever played a game that's as beautiful as Ghost of Tsushima, nor do I think I'm ever going to again. Just like because of the setting, because of how much detail was put into it, like there was just so much natural beauty. And I think that just wins out, right? 10 out of 10. So, Zach, I think you're right. If you want, we can start talking about some characters unless we have a question from the peanut gallery. That's you guys. Answered mine. Chess? Thoughts? <laughs> Now you guys, you guys are doing great. All right, we're doing great. Yeah, okay. yeah, great. We're doing great. Nice work, Zach. I've never done great at anything. All right, you know what? I take it back, Zach. You're doing great, JP. You're average. Ooh. Why do you hate? Why do you hate me so much? <laughs> Just take the compliment, JP. It's a compliment. A bad one. But Not really, most. though. <laughs> Not really. whatever. Well, no, you gotta. You can't compare yourself to me, dude. Have you seen me in Smash Bros? Come on. Bro. That's a that's a good point. That's a that's a solid point. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> okay um so we'll start with the main character and who i love so much jen sakai um mm. he is not a silent protagonist he is very much a real and i think sony gets in trouble for this it's a real character he's got his flaws he's got his pros he's got his cons but he's not there's a character that's really annoying that we'll get into well there's two characters that are really annoying one for plot reasons and the other for um can we spoil this game? We can spoil it, right? Hey, the game's technically been out for over a year, by all means. Yeah, yeah, definitely spoil it. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Um, okay, so anyway, Jin is a samurai, and samurai have the Bushido code, which is where they basically are just all about honor. 
And Jin says, nah, fuck that. I'm going to save my fucking place because these Mongols are out here just desecrating this beautiful land. Like, so like the graphics are an integral part of the story because the Mongols are coming out here and they are burning the shit at everything you love, people included. And so I, being that I'm in a video game, want to live out this like, you know, power fantasy where I show these Mongols, you're going to pay for these sins, man. Like you all fucked up. Don't fuck with uh, Jin Sakai. All right. Um, what I love, what I love about Jin's character is like he's got this progression throughout the game, right? Of that code you were just talking about, which we'll get into here with the story because it's kind of connected. But it's weird how even by the end of the game, where like he's kind of outright just said, "I'm abandoning the code," he still enforces it in his own way, right? Like he's still kind, he's still thoughtful, he's still a generous, nice guy who just mm-hmm. also happens to be the biggest badass. Probably in all of Japan. Right. He just does not settle for shit. Just does not fucking do it. And I, I'm okay with that because after the first two hours of the game, you hang out with the other character that I love so much, which is Yuna. Um, Yuna. And basically, like, it's not like the Witcher and the fact that every side quest is important, but like there are the important side quests and they flesh out nine or ten characters really really well uh there's kenji who sells sake uh you learn about how he grows as a person um i hope i said that right and then there's kenji, yep um yuna then there's the warrior monk guy who at that point i was so quested out i just wanted to kill the uh, mongols <laughs> norio oh my god yeah um now yeah keep going, i think Jake. zach what's really important to note is Jin's uncle's uh, Lord Shimura, right? Because the island of Tsushima is controlled by five clans, right? And two of those clans are Sakai, which Jin's a part of that clan, and the Shimura clan, who his uncle is a part of. Now, the Shimura clan is basically in charge of the island, right? And what's interesting is that what's interesting that I found about like the characters is Lord Shimura is the opposite of Jin throughout this game, where Lord Shimura is like, I don't care if all of my people on this island die, I am sticking by my samurai code, right? Because if I don't have that code, I don't have anything. And of course, that contrasts so well with Jin's side of things, where it's like, this code is literally going to get all of my people killed, and at the end of the day, if I don't have my people, why does any of this even matter? And that is, So how did you feel? Yeah. How that, did you feel about that contrast? That is what I hated so much about Shimura's character. Like, the beginning of the game tells you that the Mongols studied the samurai. They knew the code and they exploited the shit out of it. They knew that they would come in and try and 1v1 to save lives. The Mongols were like, we don't care about lies. I'm going to throw as many men as it takes to kill every single one of you. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, Khan uh, is trying to basically break Shimura so that he abandons the code. And then Jin's right. like, I'm going to abandon the code because if I keep falling by the code, you've already planned for that and you're going to kill me. Um, because basically Jin gets saved twice in the first two hours of the game. That's correct. That's why I hated Lord Shimura's character so much is because I'm like, how do you not see that he's exploited this multiple times? Like, I think he's stupid to a fault. All right. Well, hold on. I got I to gotta pause here. So did either of you guys watch Naruto? Yes. Yes. Nope. Now, 
you can't be mad at this guy for following his Nindo, his ninja way. Yes, I can, because it's killing so many people. These aren't ninjas, they're samurai. I mean, it's essentially like the it's the same it's the same philosophy. Don't 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 do that. You're about to make a lot of people very upset. They are not the same thing. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't say samurai and ninja were the same thing. I'm saying the philosophy of a ninja way and a samurai way are the same. They are similar and there's a code of conduct. I'll give you. Yeah. Sounds like people are still going to be mad. We're always mad. It's the Internet. God damn it. Thanks, Peaches. All negative comments are filtered through JP. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I'm here to help. Yeah, you can't be <laughs> mad at this guy for following his ninja way. Well, here's the thing about Shimura. is It's in part because he believes in the code, but more than anything, and he also admits this, he's also very afraid of retaliation from the Shogun. Which, you know what? He should be, right? All right, so Zach, besides um, everyone we've listed, right, there's a couple of uh, main, quote-unquote, main side characters. Yuna's one of them because we go on a lot of different adventures with Yuna. Um, but there's two others that we really like, right? Masako Adachi and uh, Sensei Ishikawa. So what do you think of those two? Uh, so I did not finish their stories. I'm waiting to get back into this um, just because. Oh. So the reason I finished this game after this, I got side quest fatigue is because I realized that my... Uh, Pretty much my entire work schedule is going to like spill over. So I said, fuck it. I want to finish a game before like I can't finish it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of did speed through it. I think I got to five of, is it Adachi? I think Adachi is you, right? And yep, then Masako Adachi. And then Yurikawa, uh, I didn't get, I got to like tail three out of nine or three out of seven and then five out of nine for them. I love their characters. I think they're smart and fluid. I understand why they made the character the way they did. Uh, Lord Shikamaru. She, I'm thinking Shikamaru. Ishikawa. Yeah. Because, Shikamaru. Because <laughs> I got us to Naruto in a roundabout way. Let's go. Because <laughs> um, uh, he doesn't change. He's like, well, I'm going to stick to my samurai way, even though it's literally pretty much killed me four or five times. And I'm responsible for like most of the samurai dying. Whereas these characters, they adapt and they're like, we're going to get vengeance for the shitty things Koten Khan has done. Um, and so, yeah, that's my take. I, I, I haven't finished them. I love them because it felt like they were changing and going in a good direction. What about you? What do you think? I finished both of their tales. Um, Masako's, Masako Adachi, I'm not going to lie. Hers ended in an incredibly unsatisfying way, in my opinion. Um, but to be fair, like, that was kind of the point, and once you play it, you'll know what I mean. Um, and then Ishikawa's, I liked the way his ended a lot, because you even see growth in his character a little bit. And, like, seeing Jin as, like, kind of your new pupil, and trying to pass on, like, alright, because his whole goal is to find Tomoe, right? Who was, like, his old pupil who betrayed him, and is now teaching the Mongols how to use archery. Ishikawa was using Tomoe as like, here's everything I know, be exactly like me. And then when he was training Jin, he essentially said, you know, I have made a lot of mistakes in my fucking life, even though I'm so old and supposed to be wise. Do not be like me. Which I like. That's character growth. I like real characters. So, Zach, overall, do you think we have like a pretty good solid list of characters and development? Did you find it satisfying? Yeah, JP, I played Nintendo games, so I was pretty happy with all these. <laughs> Sorry, Mario. 
Bowser's in another castle. Right? Like, fuck, man. <laughs> I love Nintendo because game gameplay always comes first, in my opinion. Like, always. Um, and so I love how this this story was. I will say that I will have more thoughts on this later when I get on to what makes Sony special, what makes Nintendo special, and they are not the same for a reason. Alright, so before we move on to story elements, Zar and Peaches, do you have any questions? I don't um, think so. Yeah, I mean, you guys have did a pretty good job summing up all the characters. Like, you said, it's a good thing I'm not reviewing this game, because you said a lot of characters, and I don't remember a single one of the ones that you said other than um, his uncle. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember characters in TV shows. I mean, like, I, I guess I, I should say I remember the characters, I don't remember their names. That's fair. All right, Zach, it is time to talk about the story. Yeah. So, and I think where we, should we get started? I think we can just start at the beach and just remind that our viewers that this is an open world game, so you kind of take it at your own leisure. Mm-hmm. But JP, go ahead, set the scene for me, baby. So, at the very beginning of the game, you play as Jin Sakai, right? You are a part of the Sakai clan, and you are on that beach fighting with all the other samurai against the Mongol invasion that's about to invade Tsushima. Now, at this battle, the Mongols actually win and wipe out almost all of the samurai in Tsushima. In fact, we only know of really a couple of different survivors, one of them being Jin Sakai, who survived miraculously because of Yuna. And then we have Lord Shimura, the leader of Tsushima, who was captured so that Koten Khan, the Mongol leader, could essentially use him as leverage to try and get the people of Tsushima and Japan to follow the Khan. Right? So that battle is lost, and Jin's whole essential goal in the game is to... He, there's like three acts in the game, right? So there's a, essentially three different main points throughout the game. The first act is to get Lord Shimmer back. So you're on the first part of Tsushima just recruiting your gaggle of friends in order to go take back the castle and to save Lord Shimura from Kotan Khan. Right? Now here's what's really interesting about the game. While Jin Sakai is trying to gather up people to aid in getting the castle back and getting Lord Shimura back from Kotan Khan, that's when Yuna introduces him to the concept of like thievery tactics in order to get past and kill different enemies. And Jin Sakai at the very beginning has a big issue with these tactics because it goes against the samurai code to use those tactics, right? And they but do a over really time, good job of like showing like the PTSD. Like he very much it, hates yes. what he's doing, but he knows it's a necessary evil. Insert quote about the Witcher with the, the lesser of two evils. The lesser evil is still evil. Right. Come on, Chaz, where were you, bro? <laughs> you did a great job. I'm proud of you. So anyway, so the whole progression, like the most interesting thing about this game is watching Jin as like he abandons, slowly abandons the samurai code totally to take on the title Ghost of Tsushima. So as Jin is kicking ass using these new tactics that he's learning and killing everybody, slowly Yuna starts to introduce the concept of the Ghost of Tsushima because as he's saving town by town, Jin is starting to get this reputation, right? And people start referring to him as the ghost. And Yuna starts to be like, yeah, the ghost. He's the ghost. He's going to oh, save Tsushima. That connected a few dots. Yeah. 
That's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Insert that like Leo uh, DiCaprio pointing at the screen mm-hmm. meme. <gasps> How do you do that for an audio podcast? Uh, hey, can you put that in for me real quick, Zar? Just the, the picture yeah, into the Zara, audio. Yeah, Zar, Zar will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you Morse coded it in or something. I don't know. So over time, Lord Shimura is still in the castle, but starts to hear about these awful things that Jin is doing. But when Jin finally saves Shimura, Shimura forgives Jin when Jin said, I had to do what I had to save you. And Lord Shimura is like, okay, I believe you. But from here on out, you and I need to fight with the samurai code. Well, guess what? Jin still decides not to do that. And when the time comes to get Koten Khan out of the next castle, that is when Lord Shimura really actually has an opportunity to see the way that Jin Sekai is fighting and decides, okay, this is not okay. So essentially what happens is Lord Shimura gains the support of the Shogun and gets a lot of the Shogun's soldiers, right, to invade the next castle and try and get Kotan Khan. The problem is Jin watches as Lord Shimura, his uncle, sends thousands of men to essentially die on this bridge for the sake of trying to breach the door, and Lord Shimura doesn't care. He thinks that it's just a casualty of war. It's something that you have to do. And Jin's like, no, this isn't right. These are people. These are human beings that are fighting alongside us. There's better ways for us to do this if you let me use the tactics I've learned. And Lord Shimura is like, no, you have to be a samurai. I don't think we need to, like, I know you said, like, it's like, we don't need to spoil it, but I think we're going too much into detail. So that's kind of like their conflict that's going on. And I think the game really does a good job of making that story element apparent. Like when you play as a samurai, you can die pretty much any second. Whereas if you play as an assassin slash ninja, like the Uh game is so much easier. And I love how that story connects with the gameplay. Now, can I just chime in here real quick? Yes. There's one thing that I was kind of disappointed by, and that's like, no matter how you decide to play the game, whether you decide to play it as a ghost or as uh, like the following the samurai code, the game still treats it like you are playing like a ghost, you know, like nothing changes for doing the quote unquote honorable like samurai way. I guess my response to that would be why the hell would you want to play this the samurai way, which essentially eliminates 90% of your items. Because I wanted, I would want to see how it plays out different. I, I see the point you're trying to make, but like, if this is a game that doesn't like involve choice very much, or doesn't like revolve its gameplay around choice mechanics, and it's just a story, that doesn't bother me as much. But I do see the point you're making. So, as the last little bit of the story, at the end of the game, Jin Sakai does end up killing the Koten Khan, right? And of course, Lord Shimura disapproves of this, so the Shogun, one, disbands Lord Sakai, he marks Jin as a traitor, and he tells Lord Shimura that he has to be the one to kill Jin Sakai. So, at the end of the game, you battle your uncle, you have a duel, and when you beat him, you have the only choice you are given in the game, which is to A, either kill him and give him the warrior's death he wants, or B, completely abandon the samurai code and spare him. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the only choice. Remember how sometimes when you go into those naked ponds, you can choose how you want to write a haiku? I mean, I guess. He's right, you know. 
there is also a third alternative choice, and that is to play this game. <laughs> and that's it. In and that's nutshell, it. Like, that's the story. It's a fucking amazing story. I loved every bit of it. It had the right amount of conflict. It had the right amount of heart. The voice acting was phenomenal. Zach, did I leave anything out before you just get into uh, before we get into gameplay and mechanics? Uh, no, that was great. Good job, JP. I tried. It's hard to put a 60 hour game into a six minute summation. <laughs> of course, I left out a lot of amazing details and incredible things that happened in between. So by all means, still play this game. Well, actually, it's incredible. Before I guess before we move on to gameplay and mechanics, I should mention like a, um, I was telling Zach that like when I was playing this game, I wasn't actually upset with the game. I was upset with like the reaction to Last of Us 2 still. Where, like, uh, people are complaining about Last of Us 2 focusing too much on revenge and, like, cycles of violence. But, like, that's, like, a huge part of this game, and people were praising the shit out of it. I think anyone who looks at either of those games and says, oh, it's just a revenge story, are not looking at the big picture. Even if they are right. Because, one, I'm a big believer, and it's not necessarily always about the destination, it's about the journey. First of all. But second of all, usually that is an incredibly oversimplified summation of a game used to delegitimize the fact that it was a good game by people that just like to hate things for the sake of hating things. And I mentioned a lot of that when it came to my Last of Two, Last of Us Part Two review, is that people were way oversimplifying the great ways you could be interpreting the game. And I feel like if you really think that about Ghost of Tsushima, again, you're not looking at the big picture. I mean, like it's, it, it's there's no doubt that Ghost of Tsushima, in a very large way, thematically like talks about revenge and cycles of violence, uh, not to the same extent that Last of Us Two does, but the the way that they decide to explore those themes uh, is different. But the overall theme is uh, still similar, and like is a huge part of Ghost of Tsushima. And I think uh, I just wanted to get that out that it, uh, it bothered me that people love the revenge story when it's Ghost of Tsushima, but hate it when it's Last of Us 2. It, it bothers me a lot, too. And I think, like JP said, I think you're oversimplifying it. I do see the theme that He's, is there. Yeah. He's just saying that, like, other people do think that online. I mean, we could probably go on Metacritic and find people yelling about that now. Right. And you're not, you're not wrong at all. I just think in the, the way they go about it is totally different. Like, you don't die as Jen Sakai and start playing as uh, Yuna halfway through the game. I think that's where a lot of that gets annoying. And then how Ellie does it, even though it's stupid, um, was the annoying part. And then also people just hate to hate. People just like hating popular things. It's part of their personality. Anyways, on to gameplay and mechanics. <laughs> All right. Zach, I took a lot of story. How about you get into gameplay? What made this game so special when it came to gameplay? I already touched on it, but like just how the world is the game um, and everything felt so simple and easy. Uh, so you just pick up a thing and you go from point A to point B. You can kill the Mongols in the way. You can do side quests on the way, uh, but you get to pick the speed and pace of your destination. Mm -hmm. And so that was really neat. And I just love how simplified the I love how simplified the UI was so that everything was like watching a little mini movie. When you were a ninja, you saw these gruesome, quick deaths. When you were a samurai, you would just have those samurai movie moments. Um, and so basically there's like 
five gameplay styles. You can be an archer, you can be a ninja, you can be a samurai. Uh, ninja is code for assassin in my part. What would you call the other one? There's like the ghost one, which is where you use all like the shurikens and the bombs. And my favorite I mean, way to play it was, I don't think you should just play as a samurai. I think you should play as all of them um, because it makes them all really, really, really fun. Well, that's the thing with the game is like, it's not necessarily about the choice, right? Like all of these different components are part of the ghost, right? Which is what Jin Sakai says. My favorite part of the game by far is when Lord Shimura was like, we could have done this as father and son. And Jin Sakai goes, I am not your son. I am the ghost. I was like, oh my God, that was fire. But I, be but I believe a part of that has to do with like all of these different mechanics that Jin learns about over his adventure go into him as like the same kind of fighting style, which actually brings me to the fighting mechanics. So when it comes to sword fighting, um, what I really like is how like intuitive the fighting is, but also how creative it is, because it almost takes the four honor approach where Jin Sekai gets four different stances to use depending on the enemy you're about to face. And when you're about to go up against, let's say like you just got done fighting someone with a shield and now you're about to fight someone with a spear, you need to switch your stance up in order to effectively fight them. And it's really quick and it's really fun. I feel like the combat in this game is really, really rewarding. What did you think of that, Zach? I just, I love the quickness of it. Every battle was quick. Just everything with that game is quick. Like you can die as quick as everything else. Even though you do get really powerful and you start killing tons of uh, people at one time. Um, every, Especially you can, when you get ghost dance. Right. You can die just as quickly as most of the Mongols can die. And I think that kept the game engaging and rewarding and fun. And then, like, as a last bit, Zach is right. You have a different assortment of tools. So there's two different bows you can get during the game. The uh, mid-range bow and the long bow. Both of those are incredibly fun to use. Um, and then, like, you get kunai. You get, like, smoke balls and different kinds of bombs you can get. And, of course, when you finally get to the top of that mountain, you learn the way of the flame, which puts your sword on fire, and you use that to fuck people up. I love that. So what I'm trying to say is Zach is absolutely right. There's tons of different ways to engage your enemies and it's gameplay like that where you get so many different options on how you want to engage with different situations that make a game really, really special. Zach, when it comes to anything with gameplay or game mechanics, is there anything I left out? Um, and so going with the game mechanics, I just like how there it's just like Breath of the Wild. You get rewarded for exploring the game. Um, and mm -hmm. so... There's no reason for not to check like, like the map. You pretty much I was always in the explorey armor. And so basically, I just loved going around and exploring everything and checking out. Like I completed the first island and realized that I was already 30 hours in. I was like, ah, I better finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I just and also I made it really great. Even though like Tsushima itself seems like mostly like a scenic island, I still felt like there was plenty to do, right? Because like along the way you find the fox dens, you can do the haikus, there's different sword things that you can find, different shrines you can climb. There's a lot of things that are occupying the land that make it seem fun. It really is kind of like Breath of the Wild where like you have an objective, but like on the way to that objective, you get caught up in eight different things going on. And of course, there's random battles with Mongols everywhere. So I think that was really, really well done. It's an ADHD nightmare in the best way. No kidding. All right, Zach, 
Hold on, Do before you, you guys move on here, I, I got a, I yeah, got a question. Sure. Um, was there anything gameplay and game mechanic-wise that they could have improved upon? Anything you would have liked to have seen that they may have left out that you feel? Or just any general fixes that they needed? I've got one. Um, and by the way, this is super nitpicky, but you eventually unlock this thing called Ghost Stance. Which, if you use Ghost Dance, freezes time for a moment, and you go to different enemies, and essentially it's a one-hit kill on up to three different people. I feel like the when you actually kill somebody in Ghost Dance, it's awesome. But, like, they could have improved, like, the speed of Jin Sekai moving or something to kind of make it feel a little more fluid, in my opinion. Again, like, Ghost of Tsushima is so good that any complaint I would have would seem nitpicky which I think is a good thing. But if there's one thing I would change, it would be that. And see, I wouldn't change that because I love how it was like a homage to like old samurai movies. Oh. It was kind of the point like you just do one slash, someone dies. And then like another theming part of it was the um, chance to terrify people. I thought that was really neat too. Oh, um, that was cool. So I, I get what JP's yeah. saying because you're ready to slow down the pace. Let's like thematic approach um which is i didn't i didn't think of it that wrong. way to be honest with you uh because jp is right it would be more fluid if that went quicker but i also like the fact that like i just know that like right there you're like superman everyone is fucking terrified because you are the ghost you are so ahead of these noobs um that you can just one slice shit on people and it's great it was almost frustrating because you don't get ghost stance you can't spam it like you do the other stances we kind of miss the stance for the mechanics uh, so like each stance, you kind of like flow, ebb and flow between the enemies that you're facing. So you don't have to do it, but it's a way to make the combat go faster with their stagger system. Uh, but with ghost stance, you have to kill so many people without getting hit. So once you get hit, um, it like the the count, the trigger starts over. So it's not like exactly. you, you can always be in the ghost stance. And so I thought that was. Let really me tell neat. you what was the. Let me tell you what the most frustrating thing was when you had six of the seven notches and then a random dog came up to you and bit you for minus one hp resetting mm -hmm. the counter i was like oh you've got to be kidding me don't be a dick to animals then oh i killed the dog yeah don't do that they're mongol dogs it's fine exactly i left the foxes alone good you even <laughs> kill the foxes because that's like jen's spirit animal it is actually that's what they uh, mentioned throughout the game all right zach We've given everyone what they need to know. Do you have any final thoughts before you give the game a quick score? Um, no. I'm glad that this is one of the first PlayStation games that I played. What about you, JP? I have one final thought. On half of the fox dens, you get to pet the fox. Yeah. And the, and the fox does, like, little stippy steps because he's so excited to be pet. And then once you pet him, he does that thing where he, like, jumps in the air and nosedives to the ground to try and dig through. 10 out of 10 just for that alone. It's <laughs> not wrong. I was going to say, the ability to pet animals automatically boosts its score, right? Y yes. Yes. That was, oh my God. I always, I was sad when I didn't get to pet the fox. I think that was a bug too. I think you're supposed to be able to pet all the foxes. All right, Zach, it's time for the score. I will let you go first. I'll get like a 9.9 9 out of 10. Yup. Yup. I was going to go with a 9.8. Bitch. <laughs> everything, 
there's only a couple of small things that I could complain about. And when I say small, I mean small, right? Like nitpicky, really douchey things to complain about. But oh my God, this game is a masterpiece. It like, I couldn't shut up about Red Dead Redemption 2 after I got done playing it. This game puts Red Dead Redemption 2 to shame. Ghost of Tsushima is so unbelievably good that you are doing yourself a disservice by not playing this game. Absolutely. I think the thing that Ghost of Tsushima does better than Red Dead, especially, is like it makes the downtime. Pet the fox? Yeah, pet the fox. You know what? I changed my mind. I'm, I'm done talking. Ah. Oh, come on. No, I want to hear your opinion. Fuck Red Dead 2. Hey, yo. <laughs> Um, so yeah, compared to Ghost of Tsushima, I agree. <laughs> I think this game's like a 10 out of 10. I struggle with giving any game a 10 out of 10. It doesn't get as close to perfection as Ghost of Tsushima did, though. Yeah, it's, it's the Breath of the Wild of 2021. Yep, I uh, I think that's it. I don't have any more I can say about this game. It's incredible. It's one of the greatest games I'm ever going to play in my life. I'm very happy that I got to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you, though, after 70-ish hours, I'm going to be very happy to move on to something else. Yep. Well, good job, everybody. We did it. Any final questions, comments, concerns? What did you think of his butt when he would go into the hot spring? Hot butt. Jin's got a good butt. He do got a good butt. And, you know, that's another thing I really liked about it is, you know, they always sexualize girl characters. But, like, they were not afraid to do that for this character. There was no reason not to. I was all about that. Jin Sakai is hot, okay? He's a hot man. He's a hot man who's nice and will kill you. And writes haikus. Yeah, and he writes haikus. Come on, what more do you want? And pets foxes. Jin Sakai is literally one of my favorite video game characters of all time. Which, ironically enough, was at one point Arthur Morgan for a little while. But now, no, I'm on the Jin Sakai train. All my friends are enjoying their PlayStations. It's literally that meme of Squidward looking out at the window at Patrick and Spongebob having fun. <laughs> 110%. Zara, I'll let you come over and you can play some Ghost of Tsushima. Yay! Same. Be the samurai. All right, boys. If we are all done, I am ready to put Ghost of Tsushima to bed for now so I can move on to something else. Here's a question for you, Zach. Now that you're done, what's the next game? I'm playing God of War as we speak. Oh, good for you, bud. I'm uh, playing some Fallen Order. It's a Star War. He's having a Star War. I'm having a Star War. It's going to be a good time. Oh, and also I bought the first Psychonauts for $3. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this game review of Ghost of Tsushima. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.